0: Ole Miss will beat Georgia Tech Saturday. I will tell you how right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast.
1: You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, welcome to the show, the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I'm going to tell you how Ole Miss is going to win Saturday in this first segment. It's going to involve a little bit of what happened with Georgia Tech, Western Carolina, and a little bit of what happened with Georgia Tech and Clemson. I will let you know that in just a second. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications when we upload a new video, which is quite frequently, and of course, upvote the video itself. Participate in the comments, all of that, we are appreciative of. So, we're talking while Ole Miss is going to win the game Saturday. Now, I'm going to tell you a completely crazy statistic right now. Since the century started, 2000, so 22 seasons, Ole Miss is 8 and 11 versus non-power five. I mean, versus non-SEC power five teams. Which that split, that's not a horrible split. But when you break it down to this, when the game's played home or away. When the game is played on campus, Ole Miss has a one and nine record. In neutral site games, they're seven and two. Now, a part of that is Ole Miss gets usually gets a Power Five team in the bowl game. That's the neutral site. They also have done well against Texas Tech, against um, Louisville in these preseason games. And Florida State is one of their neutral site games that kind of got away. They're seven and two. The other is West Virginia in um, two thousand. So. But that's beside the point. Georgia Tech has a supremely talented team, according to Candace Cooper, who you're going to hear about a little bit later on in this show. But they are lacking top end at the head coaching position and probably as far as the talent goes. So this is going to be the most talented team Ole Miss has faced in 2022. That goes without saying. Probably not the most well-coached, but the most talented. Now, this Georgia Tech, Tech team played Clemson very well until the fourth quarter, and they got away from them. I think they ended up losing the game like forty to forty-one to ten or forty-one to fourteen, something like that. It, it ended up in a, being a blowout, but it was like fourteen to ten at one point in the game, and that was in the third quarter. And then at the very end, Georgia Tech got a targeting, ran out of gas, their thinness was exposed. Clemson was able to roll against Western Carolina. The game started off a little bit differently. Now, Georgia Tech was playing on five days rest. This isn't necessarily a talent thing, but this is kind of a hole-in-the-scheme thing. The running backs from Western Carolina really early on was able to influence that game. It wasn't until uh, special teams and turnovers happened that Georgia Tech was really able to assert control. But the running backs in the passing game, which I told you in the Keys yesterday, um will be a major part with Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. Those guys that are truly weapons to begin with, they may have a chance in space against this Georgia Tech team. So that is two examples from Georgia Tech's previous two games. Now I'm going to tell you how it pertains to Ole Miss. The Clemson situation. This Ole Miss team might be the deepest team that Georgia Tech has played. I'll say that again. This... Ole Miss team might be the deepest team that this Georgia Tech team has played. There's talent all over the field. If you are thin, you're going to have to play a lot of plays just to stay competitive, and the chance of wearing down like that Clemson game happens again. So if it's a tight game through two and a half quarters, just be patient. The breakthrough will pro- is probably coming. And the second thing, the running backs and throwing to the backs and using them in the passing game. Western Carolina used that effectively, and they did not have anybody near the level of Zach Evans, like Quinshawn Judkins, like USC's Bentley. Think about this. Ole Miss's third-string running back was All-American Conference last year. Absolutely insane. Those two things are going to be the major keys of this game. Now, I want to see line play, as we all do, and I want to see us be operationally clean. Substitutions, lining up, no procedure penalties, no turnovers. I want to see that clean because if those two get a little wonky, the first two gets a little bit less. It lessens them. So Ole Miss has a chance to beat Georgia Tech and will beat Georgia Tech, I do believe. They're favored right now by 16 and a half points. The over under is at 61 and a half on bet on you can go check those guys out right now. And they have all the lines and all the props on that. The game's at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on ABC. It's going to be an ABC game. Ole Miss hasn't played on ABC in a while. And so we'll see exactly how that looks. I think the Memphis game in 2015 was the last time Ole Miss played on ABC or something like that. So there's a lot of stuff. And this is a big game, people. It's not that Georgia Tech is a supremely good team. This is a big game because it's the be- this is the best, game we've- best team we've played thus far this season. It's going to be the most talented team. It's going to be the team that if we don't come up and come ready to play, they actually have the talent that can hurt us. Like I said, I like Jeff Sims. Good quarterback. He's like 31 of 35 on the season. Not many yards, but he's been pretty efficient with the ball. So they can hurt you. So this is a big game. Now, everybody that wants to point to Kentucky, they shouldn't. A, that makes Tulsa into a trap game because Tulsa's pretty good. They're our best non-conference team. But this is a big game for where it sits on the schedule. This is the first let's get real game that Ole Miss will face. I think they're going to come out and be ready to play. I think they're going to come out with their hair on fire. And despite what they say, I think that the starting quarterback is known. He's taken all the reps this week. And he will continue forward against Georgia Tech and against Tulsa and and so forth. I do think that this gamesmanship is not about Georgia Tech. It wasn't about Troy. It was not about Central Arkansas. And it won't be about Tulsa. I think this gamesmanship is about Kentucky. They want to make the GAs have to build two preliminary game plans and not spend so much time breaking down exactly what Lane Kiffin does. Interesting to see. Now, that game, will, that Kentucky game will be a stripe out. It'll probably either be the CBS game or the primetime ESPN game. It's going to be a big day in Oxford. But that is a little over two weeks away. Georgia Tech is next on the schedule. Like I said, they're not a great team, but they do have talented pieces. They are a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to coaching, but that is to be expected kind of with what they have and what is going on because they had such a hole that they had to dig out of going from the Paul Johnson um, flex bone to – this traditional modern offense. It was always going to be difficult, a tough transition. It's almost why I don't recommend anybody ever going full air raid and never go full flex bone because the system change is so drastic. They have a chance to be pretty good. They have a chance to be pretty dangerous, and this is a big game. It's not, you know, SEC conference-level big game. But it's the biggest game we've played thus far this season. Enjoy the game. Head out to Bobby Dodd Stadium in Grant Field. And enjoy the Rebels. Uh, I don't know what uniforms they're going to wear. I don't know if Georgia Tech is going to wear white at home. I don't know all that. We'll find out about that Thursday night when they do the uniform release. And then I'll do the video on Friday. Friday, I'm going to Disney, Hollywood Studios at night. I'm going to um, have a little bit of a mental health day, a little bit. And maybe ride Rise of the Resistance or something like that. But the last time I started doing Days of Fun at Disney World, Ole Miss won the Baseball National Championship. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But all in all, I expect Ole Miss to win this game. And that's mainly because I think they're better on the lines. I think they have more talent, and they can wear down a thinnish Georgia Tech team. And the running backs, which seems to be a weakness for this defense, um, is a supreme. This is the best group of running backs Georgia Tech has faced. So I think Ole Miss will win this game. I think they'll cover relatively easily. Like I said, Ole Miss is a 16.5-point favorite currently. Um, over or under is 61.5. I would almost say um, Ole Miss will cover and the under will hit. That, that's where I'm sitting right now on this Wednesday thinking about this game. But it's going to be a lot of fun because as we move on from here, see, I couldn't stand where the FCS game hit for Ole Miss this season because we had all of that momentum through the season and, and through the first game. And then it just kind of went into a lull because the anticipation wasn't there. It was like a pause. And then you had to build that back up with postgame of Central Arkansas. Now our Central Arkansas postgame videos are over 2,000 views. Um, but you know, it, it was the way it was going during the week, you didn't know if it was going to hit that. Now week three, there's a little bit of anticipation happening, even for Georgia Tech. There's going to be anticipation for Tulsa. Do not overlook Tulsa, people. And then the conference slate hits. Right there with Kentucky, a stripe out in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. It's about to get real. And that is why this game at Georgia Tech is important. First road game, get that out of your system. Most talented team, get that out of your system. Execute at a high level operationally, on the road, and get ready for SEC play. This is a perfect get ready for SEC play game. Because Georgia Tech, if you play sloppy, if you turn the ball over, they can beat you. This will be the best team that Ole Miss has played. It'll be a test for the defense because they run a true spread. It'll be a test for the offense because I think they're going to sink. So you're going to have to be patient and hit the backs and don't force things. It should be interesting to see, but I think Ole Miss will win the game and cover. This, this game, for me, has like a 31-10 type feel. So, should be a lot of fun to see there. Anyway, as you can see by our bottom line, Ole Miss is favored by 16.5 and with an over-under of 61.5. Those lines come from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro football and college football betting needs and sports information. This season, find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news podcast, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet line where the game starts. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. So do leave us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. The reason we ask you to do this is because even if we might not be your cup of tea, we could be somebody else's. And... You can do that. It'll be easier for them to find us if they search Ole Miss. We'll be higher up on the list. So please do that. Thank you very much. All right. We wanted to do something a little bit different today. So we wanted to reach out to Twitter, and we didn't have a whole long time to do this before we started recording, only a couple hours. So we don't have many comments, but we wanted to get the viewer's take on what's going on with Ole Miss football and with Georgia Tech. And some interesting stuff came in. All right, here we go. Jacob Davis on Twitter says, This weekend against Georgia Tech, I want to see the offense mesh together, hopefully with Dart at QB. But overall, just a good, complete offensive day against a solid defense. That is an, a really good point. I want to see it operationally sound. Um I do think they should just name Dart. I think Dart has one, but they're not going to name it for the. You know, Jeff Collins does not deserve to know who Ole Miss's starting quarterback is going to be. But I want a solid offensive performance against this defense. They played a pretty good game against Clemson and against Western Carolina. They kind of found a little bit of a hole in that defense, so they're going to work to improve that and shut that door. But We have the type of athletes that can really make them pay, especially on the outside. I do think they're going to sink to start out in the game. Tom Vanderford um, said, I expect to see a Rebel win this weekend. There will be some mistakes and turnovers, but the Rebels will cover. I kind of agree with that as well. No matter who plays quarterback, there's going to be bad throws. People that expect... Fifth year, Matt Corral playing quarterback with two um, sophomores in the game. Those two don't mesh up. If you want to look at Matt Corral versus Memphis in his sophomore year, he was 9-19 for like 90 yards. It was a weird, ugly game. Ole Miss was able to pull out. Young quarterbacks make mistakes. Be patient with them. And I think what happens, whoever Lane Kiffin announces finally, you're going to see a situation to where they get a lot of rope. I think I think that is what they want to do because he is really mindful of the way a quarterback can perceive what is going on. All right, Jake Thomas says, I want to see the clipboard flying 50 feet in the air. Um if there's a big play, Jonathan Mingo, Malik Heath, even J.J. Henry, he's due to catch one of those long passes. There's been two straight games where he was open and it just didn't work that the clipboard could go. Uh, I, I do think those Lane Kiffin shot plays will be a big deal starting now with Georgia Tech, and you need to hit on those deep balls. And we saw that last week a couple of times. But if you hit a big one and there's that long run, the clipboard could absolutely Fly, um, hotty toddy Strohs, That's Kara McCutcheon. Her um, weekly segment is coming up this week. She says, "I want, um, I want to see Ole Miss pick a quarterback already, please." I think um, she's about done with this whole charade. Um, as are most of us. It's going to be a big deal. I'm sure she'll talk about that. And it sounds like the Jeff Lebby, Matt Corral thing could be her. Topic for the week come Thursday. So pay attention to that. It could be quite good. And finally, from Derek Vandegrift, he wanted to play along. He said, Dominic defensive effort and relentless rushing attack, racking up 200 yards, leads Ole Miss to a 31-6 victory in Atlanta. That's not a want to see or anything like that. That looks like an outright prediction, but this whole show is a prediction because this is why we're going to beat Georgia Tech on Saturday. But the Ole Miss fans um, stood up. They participate in this thing, and I do appreciate everybody. We were going to do this um, from time to time and have viewer comments on the site. So thank you very much for tuning in to that, and man, it's just pretty fantastic. When we come back from the break, we're going to have Candace Cooper from Locked On ACC to talk Georgia Tech From their point of view, we're also going to have Bryce Coonan later in the week, so we're going to have two people giving a breakdown of Georgia Tech. Candace will be the preview, will serve as the preview, that we'll release as a standalone Saturday morning, real similarly to what we did with Central Arkansas. So it should be a big thing. So right after this, Candace Cooper, stick around. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On On This podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications for new videos, which come quite frequently, and of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Candace Cooper. She's the host of Locked On ACC. Go give her a subscription on YouTube right now as well. Uh, Candace is going to be doing the Georgia Tech, Locked On Georgia Tech heavy lifting because we have no host. For Georgia Tech. So, how you doing, Candace?
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for taking the time to just talk about the Yellow Jackets. It's very rare that I get the opportunity to do so. So, hopefully, I can give you guys what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, a little, little bit of buzz. Um, I think Ole Miss. By the way, we were talking about uniforms in the thread earlier. Ole Miss may be going stormtrooper for the first time in four or five years in this game. Nice. So. I'm, I'm bringing interested. out
1: all the stops for this one. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, and believe it or not, um, I have a video on my YouTube page about the history of the Ole Miss Georgia Tech series. Okay. They have it goes back to the '40s, to basically Bobby Dodd refused to come to Mississippi and play, and then after they left the SEC and they tried to get back in, um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State would not vote to bring Georgia Tech back into the league. It's, you know it
1: always comes down to pettiness. It really does. You
0: know, always pettiness. Um but we talked about that. Anyway, um Ole Miss's game notes was a little bit wrong. They had on their J- Jeff Sims was 31 for 35, but it's actually 31 for 53. Um tell me a little bit about Jeff Sims. What can we Listen,
1: Yeah, Jeff Sims has all the talent in the world. I think that he is not always put in the position to be most successful. I think it comes from higher up, from the offensive coordinator, you know, Chip Long, and you look at Jeff Collins' leadership standpoint, I think that Jeff Sims just hasn't always been – in the right you know play calling you know situation or just having to do the most and play hero ball like last season he had jameer gibbs to bail him out of a lot of situations this year he's leaning a lot on dante smith his running back to help him out and he has great legs himself has a incredible arm Sometimes it doesn't always meet the receiver, though, right? Sometimes it's like, man, he's got a hell of an arm, but the receiver was on the left and he threw it to the right. So, you know, it's just one of those situations where you're like, what were you thinking? I think some of that IQ at times can be a little frustrating because you just know it's there. You know the talent is there. You just wish all the pieces would kind of fall in place. But overall, I think he's a very good quarterback and a very talented conference.
0: Yeah, um, is he a legit pull threat on the zone read? It looks like he has 21 carries. He, he run the ball a lot?
1: will run the ball, especially when he feels like his O-line has, you know, failed him essentially. And I think that you'll probably see a lot of that going into Saturday's game.
0: Okay. So let's move over to the other side of the ball. Talk a little bit about the Yellow Jacket defense. What can we expect from Georgia Tech moving forward? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so you have Miles Sims, you have Derek Allen, you have Charlie Thomas, who are really good. Uh, Miles Sims and Derek Allen in the secondary, a really good safety and cornerback there who at times show flashes of just really being able to be great in main on main and in coverage. And I think that also Charlie Thomas is really good as a linebacker. He's able to, you know, read offense is very well can read the quarterback's eyes especially great so he's going to give you a little bit of worry but it all comes down to them that defensive line can you get to the quarterback I think that's one of their biggest issues at times is you're giving them all day to throw you're giving them all day to have opportunities to get that long ball out of there and of course you're making your secondary step up in big ways so they're going to have to figure out how to make it a long day for Ole Miss's offensive line
0: yeah absolutely and Looking at that defense, they played 40 minutes a really good ball against Clemson. And then the last 20 minutes, it kind of got away from them. What do you think happened there?
1: You know, I think it was some clock management issues. I think it's not trusting, you know, some of your guys out there and just missing assignments. And, of course, fatigue kind of got the best of them and some of the tackles that you just knew they should have wrapped people up, right? You knew they would swing both arms around, you'd be good to go. You live with those mistakes, I guess. But it was just one of those situations where talent sort of got the best of them in terms of having to be on the defense more often having to go back on defense more often than they probably wanted to with Jeff Sims and the three and outs and all of those things. So I think fatigue was the issue, but overall, you know, clearly you saw flashes. Clearly you saw that if they had just had a little more offensive weapons like execute, they wouldn't have been on the field defensively as long as they were and ultimately didn't have to, you know, break down towards the end of that game.
0: What do you think the Georgia Tech defense Achilles Hill is? Whenever When the offense comes in, what, what, what can get to them a little bit?
1: You know, I don't think, truly, I don't think that it's the players, like, respectfully, I don't Mm -hmm. think that it's a player issue. I think, of course, the offensive line certainly, you know, breaks down a little more often. They don't give Jeff enough time to throw that ball. But it really is top-down to me. I think it's just a leadership issue. I... First year I went to ACC kickoff, I was ready to run through a brick wall for Jeff Collins. I was like, this is my guy. He is giving me that energy that he's ready to take over Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's fun. Atlanta's a great city. They have great talent there, but it just has not connected the dots. And the team was young for a little while. You gave as many excuses as you could. And just ultimately, it just hasn't panned out. So I think that's just one of those things where they're doing the best they can with what they have from who they're being led by.
0: Do you think... Um, At Georgia Tech, it's a little bit of a system thing that whoever took this Georgia Tech job after Paul Johnson was going to struggle just because of the players not matching up with what needs to be done.
1: A thousand percent. And I think we're so I'm so used to seeing the triple option of Georgia Tech and, you know, having that running gun and having really great running backs and really tall and big receivers. We haven't seen that in a long time. And, you know, they have a couple tight ends that do enough, but then when it comes to like blocking skill sets and all those, you just you miss those people, those fundamental pieces that I think aren't ta- taught well uh, for them.
0: Okay. Um, now, who are some players kind of to, that we need to look out for for Georgia Tech?
1: It's really again. I go back to Jeff Sims. He's going to be great. I think Dante Smith is going to be excellent in terms of being a running back. He's going. He put up 102 yards against Western Carolina, and they were finally able to move the ball nicely. But other than that, it, nobody's going to have this like amazing breakout game, in my opinion. Like I think mm-hmm. it's going to be the either it's going to be a collective front where everyone just does well together. They're able to get into the trenches and really battle and beat. Uh, Old Old offensive line, there it is, and able to get to the quarterback and give him a little bit of a scurry. Other than that, it's going to be a long day for them. And I hate that for the ACC, but, you know, I've, I've made peace with it.
0: Yeah, and, and what I'm talking about all day, and just so you know, this podcast is titled Why Old Miss Will Win the Game. <laughs> uh, so just a heads up, I think for Georgia Tech to actually come through and really Give stiff resistance to this game. Jeff Sims has to have a Stephen Garcia versus Alabama type game. Absolutely. Um, is, 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 is there any other way that you see?
1: You know, if they come in and punch them in the mouth, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. If you come in early, you score quickly, and you never let them feel like they can be comfortable throughout the game, Georgia Tech has a chance. I mean, last year they almost beat Clemson and just came down to some court, uh, Some Couple plays. This season, it came down to fatigue. I feel like if you just stay in the game and not let it get away from you, but also with Coach Collins, if you take some chances, right? If it's fourth and short, are you going to trust that Dante Smith and that offensive line can push the ball forward? You're going to have to take some risk, you know, high risk, high reward scenario, especially against a really good Ole Miss team like this. If you don't take the chances, it's going to be a long day.
0: Okay, let's change gears a little bit. Um, what is the game day experience like at Georgia Tech?
1: Oh man, I mean, it's Atlanta, right? It's 404. It's big energy. It's very hype. You know, they got the old school, tr- uh, it's not a truck. It's more of like a, I can't, you know, the proper name is not there. It's you know, missing me, but it's a lot of high energy. It's a lot of just really wanting this rally around this team. It's a lot of nerds. So they're just like, listen, we like football, I guess, you know, <laughs> it's, it's there are a lot, of, a lot of tech mathematicians who just need a break, you know, and they're ready to cheer on Georgia Tech, but it's high it's high energy because it's the city gets behind the squad and they don't have, I and mean, of course they have the pro teams, but there's nothing like that college football experience. And I think for Georgia Tech, they've really brought that. And they kind of they kind of give that little SEC action, but not, not,
0: Not as much. Well, what do you think moving forward like Georgia Tech, after not just counting this Ole Miss game, in the next year or two, what will it take for them to get back?
1: Man, they got to get some good leadership. I think they got to get some consistent leader who comes in and really disciplines the team and then make sure that if nothing else, the fundamentals are squared away because the talent is there, that you have the great regions for getting talent. I mean, Georgia clearly can bring in a lot of people from there, but you have like that Southern region to identify really good players. So they're going to have to figure out I'm not saying Coach Collins will be fired, but he is, he's writing those like, you know, this new theme now where it's like quiet quitting. Like, I feel yeah. like he's doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like for some reason he's just slowly like, I'm not going to execute this like, play correctly. I'm like, all right, like, do you want to be here? What's the buyout? Like, you know, I think the best job in college football is getting a buyout, getting fired, and getting paid. So, you know, what I want for Georgia Tech is just to really get a better leader in place in order to help them capitalize on the talent that they have. Because they do have really good talent, they just don't have the person who can help them best execute.
0: Yeah, they've recruited fairly well. Um, And on your quiet quitting thing, by the way, I got to the car (laughs) yesterday and NPR was doing a story on that. And the headline on NPR was, if you quiet quit, you may not get the promotion you were working for. And it's like, No! What? (laughs) What? Is water was, is
1: wet. Did you feel like it? You felt like honestly, at the end of the day, you're probably brilliant. You probably could say something as simple as that, and people think you're so profound. Honestly, that's that's yeah. where we're at in this world.
0: Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> like if you're quiet quitting, you're probably not going for a promotion. I mean, <laughs> hello,
1: <laughs> hello. <laughs> like very simple, but yet people probably listen to that like, hmm, you you don't say, or like yeah. maybe I should just like lean back on my quiet quitting. I shouldn't go full steam, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, either way, Candace, thank you very much for stopping by. Um, of course. The, this has been awesome. I hope, for your sake, the SEC does well next week.
1: <laughs> you know, I've had some really good SEC teams come in and get a little rattled, LSU, Florida State. But then you mm-hmm. had, like, the pit in uh, Tennessee. So it's all it's all nice little even. We got Miami facing off against Texas A&M, the future SEC team of the world. So I think – or, yes, they're in the SEC currently, right? Yes. Yeah. I think about Texas.
0: Yeah, before, Texas, I, before I let you go, Miami yeah. and Texas A&M. Does yes. Miami have a shot in that game?
1: Absolutely have a shot. I, the, yeah. what, the reason they don't have a shot is because they're going to play off an extremely pissed-off Texas A&M, and that's yeah, a scary I, sight.
0: I just look after that Appalachian State game and how they looked offensively, and they're favored by five-and-a-half points, and I'm like, this yeah. feels like a trap.
1: Feels like a trap, and I think <laughs> Miami is quietly – like we love that word today, is Mm. quietly showing that they have the talent in Tyler Van Dyke and they have the defense that's stepping up in big ways and not allowing for a lot of points from opponents. And I just – I feel like Mario Cristobal came in and he really established that discipline that they've been missing from like when Manny Diaz was there. And so Miami, quiet as it's kept, they haven't been overhyping it, right? We haven't seen the flash. We haven't seen any turnover chains. They're just quietly doing what they need to do, winning the Coastal probably, and then just going out and winning the ACC and doing what they need to do.
0: Yeah, you guys took um, Henry Parrish Jr. or Miami did from Ole Miss. I hope he's doing yeah. um, well as well. But thank anyway, Candace so. Candace, thank you very much for joining the show and hopefully if we can talk again later.
1: Please. Look forward to it. Thank you. All right.
0: Take care.